What's going on, guys? It's your host, your boy, George McKay, back again with another episode of MLW Rewind. Except this one, I'm flying solo. That's right. The old man, Lewis Carlin, had a bedtime. He couldn't make it for this one. But I got somebody good. I got somebody who is, in my opinion, one of the best big men in wrestling. And I'm not going to waste any time. Please help me welcome Gringo Loco to MLW Rewind. What's going on, my dude? What's up, man? I appreciate you having me on the show. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Before we push record, we were talking about the weather conditions here in Canada, the weather conditions where you are in Chicago, and we both agreed on one thing. They absolutely suck. <laughs> it's shake my head weather, bro. I mean, it's just like it's <laughs> snowing again. This is unbelievable. You've done this already. Can you leave us alone for a day or two? That'd be nice. No, we can't because it's still February. <laughs> And this is just a part of life. So, Gringo, you are one of the most amazing cats I've seen in the ring. You remind me a lot of one of my personal favorites, which is Kevin Owen. He's a big man with a lot of agility and a lot of speed. And uh, three matches of yours that I absolutely love. The first one, which I fell in love with, was we discussed a little bit before I pushed record, Fusion 57. You versus Alex Hammerstone in the semifinals for the Open Weight Championship. And we also we all know what happened. Unfortunately, he went on to win and is now wearing that belt for close to two years. But in that match, yeah. there was a couple of things that really, really impressed me. Um, just everything about you, how you took Hammerstone. It was only about a seven, eight minute match. But you you knocked him back on his ass a little bit. And the one spot I hate Jim Cornette, I really do. But the one spot of the commentary that I loved is when he <laughs> called you his guilty I know where you're pleasure. going. Yeah, he called you his guilty yeah. Pleasure. Talk to me about that, about having like Jim Cornette. He's a big mouth, but he's got a lot of knowledge. When he calls you a guilty pleasure, it's kind of a compliment, right? A little, little bit? Yeah, a little bit of a compliment. And I uh, wasn't exactly prepared for him to the amount of time that we knew each other. I had never had any run-ins with him at all. And I show up to New York MLW one day and he's just there and he's the agent for our match. And I'm like, all right, let's see. Let's see what the Jim Cornette experience is all about. And, uh, you know, I don't think he had ever seen one of my matches. But after that Hammerstone match, he was a fan of mine and uh, kind of gravitated towards me oddly because, you know, he's not really a flippy guy type of uh, fan, you know. And um, he did make a comment that I look like a baked potato with arms and legs. And I thought that was kind of funny. But everything after that was pretty, pretty positive. I, I didn't have any negative experience with him which is crazy because everybody else does, but, uh, you know, it was all professional and um, he gave me a lot of critiques uh, behind the scenes, but overall it was positive experience. I can't even lie, man. Oh, no doubt. I mean, like I said, like you said, he's got a lot of negative publicity and negative experiences, but every once in a while he has those positive ones. And yeah, the potato comment, I didn't even want to bring that up. I'm glad you did, but I mean, it's Jim Cornette. I love to tell him to shut his big fat Southern mouth. Yeah. So he's watching Jim Cornette come at me because I've been I've been right. beating you down on podcasts for four years. I have no problem doing it face to face. <laughs> but that match with Hammerstone, um, one of the moves- it's just a different mentality, man. He's from yeah. No, no, yeah. yeah no, no, I was just gonna say he's just he's just an old school guy. Like they're just set in their ways. It's really hard to get those people to turn the corner and come with us to the new generation because they're so set in their ways. I don't think it's his fault. You know, he's made a lot of comment, you know, that comment about Sonny Kiss and all that. Like, I think he was, I don't want to say he innocently said that, but in a way he did. I, I don't really think that he knew that society had come so far and that that comment wasn't acceptable anymore, you know, because he said it so freely. 
you know, I'm not defending Jim by any means, but uh, I looked at it for what it was. And I think he was just commenting the way that he knew how, you know what I'm saying? Oh, I a hundred percent agree with you. I, I get it. Like I up fully, to notches by, by this point. Yeah. Yeah. I fully understand who he is and, and what he does. It's just sometimes I wish that uh, even though we, we use that kind of, uh, I guess, stance that, oh, they're from the old school, they're from a different time period. As human beings, we all evolve and grow. And I just wish some members of that older generation would do the same thing. For sure. Absolutely. So that match with Hammerstone, um, one of the things that impressed me the most is when um, he was on the outside and you were going to go for the dive. And then you did that awesome handstand back on the ropes and flip back. And then he walked around the ring. He had his ego going. He's like, yeah, I'm smart for this guy. And then you did the same thing through the other ropes. Like I said, man, your agility is ridiculously impressive. And a lot of people would judge a book by its cover. Much, oh, look at this guy. He's not going to move around the ring too much. But then, bam, you just explode. So where does the love for, I guess, the flippy shit, if you will, where does that come from? Because a lot of big guys like you would more so want to use their power, the ground game. But you take to the skies as often as you can. And for me, I love it. I'm all about I was all in on Gringo Loco from 57 on. Man, uh, foremost, I just want to tell you how much I appreciate, uh, you know, your love for Gringo and just appreciate what I try to bring to the table time it's always something different something that stands out something that's not seen in every other match it's not hard you mentioned the handspring uh that is definitely an insp- inspiration from uh Tajiri, obviously uh i'm a luchador from day one and watching Tajiri and super easy when i was growing up dude that was the stuff to watch from ecw you know what i'm saying uh, you know, little Guido, Mikey Whip, like all those guys really were my inspiration growing up. Uh, was only wrestling I was able to watch when I was young. And, um, beginning has always been, I want to be on an authentic luchador, like, you know, from the bottom. So if you're going to do, you kind of have to be athletic, you have to be acrobatic and you have to be able to fight regardless of size. You know what I mean? So I've always tried to stay true to that. And I got to think, you know, the fans, obviously, when I'm out there for motivating me and giving me the adrenaline I need, like, get my big ass over the top rope sometimes. <laughs> you know? But, um, so let's talk about that for a second, because 57, there were fans. A lot of episodes, there were fans. Then we get the comeback, and there's no fans. And the most recent episodes you were on was uh, the match with uh, Gino Medina, which that, that twisting moonsault was just a holy shit moment for me. I marked out, I jumped out of my seat. I was like, yes. Um, but Gino, Gino, I don't give a fuck. I'm going to put it on wax. Gino stole that win. That was your match. And he stole that win. Uh, and I, I don't think Gino was classy for that. He's going to be on the show in a few weeks. And trust me, I will say that to him. But talk to me about that twisting moonsault, man. Because I've only literally seen it one other time. And I've seen it at an indie match. I've never seen it in an actual, you know, one of the major companies. And I consider MLW to be one of the top five right now doing their thing. So talk to me about that. That's crazy creativity that Court Bauer and company is letting you guys have. Yeah, so um, that move has been cooking for a long time with me. I haven't had enough balls per se to hit on anyone yet. And I knew that this was kind of my comeback to MLW. And I hadn't been there in a while, and everything was all good. I just hadn't been down there. And uh, I knew I had to do something, something that they hadn't seen, something that I had never done. 
said, you know what, I think tonight's the night. Uh, I don't want you to move on this, so let's for the best. And he was, he was like, totally cool about it. Um, yeah, so truth be told, that was the first time I've ever hit it. I've missed it a couple times, but I, I get in a weird state where a lot of stuff is like on standby just to make sure that it'll be good before I do it. I just go out there and do it. I've never been like that. Um, even now, like I have a lot of stuff that I would like to, but like in a match, if it's not the time to do it, it just never happens. But uh, I had been working on that for a while at this point. I'd say probably over a year before COVID. So everything shut down. So then I had to go back and keep trying it. But yeah, it's, it's definitely one that um, I'm pretty confident about doing now. 100%. And um, from that led to my favorite episode of MLW in 2021, Filthy Island. I called it a beautiful disaster. It was everything I wanted it to be <laughs> and more. Um, but I got to ask, before we get into the match with Rocky Romero, how hard was it to wrestle in a ring with no ropes? The creativity has to be at its highest because you can't really do all the stuff you're used to doing my entire offense involves wrestling ropes so i went into it uh very confused very disoriented it was like well i'm gonna need a minute to think about how we're gonna do this because it is completely out of my element uh, when i got there i saw the run sheet i saw filthy island street fight or whatever i was like oh it's gonna be yeah you know, i had no idea it's gonna be uh normal ring with maybe like a lawn chair outside or something i had no idea right and uh yeah i get there and there's no ropes and there's a spa and there's barrels and there's car this is gonna require some creativity so i'm gonna do the best that i can obviously you saw uh on the last episode you know there's a couch there so i mean i have to utilize it somehow I'll just dive right onto it and have you say, like, okay, cool. Um, I do I do tell this story. Uh, Aki Romero, legend in Japan, Tokyo Dome, been around forever, right? And uh, I saw a U-Haul. So he had already agreed to, you know, couch spot, great, whatever. I actually call, I was like, you know, we could probably do a head scissors off that uh, U-Haul truck. I was like, no, 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 we're fine. We don't need, like, I'm actually calling that to Rocky Romero, the land of New Japan rest. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I'm just crazy with it. I just wanted to keep going up and up and like, how can we top everything? Because we have no rope. But I just thought it was funny that uh, I'm, I'm telling this to jump off a of U-Haul onto me when it completely wasn't needed. <laughs> I love that I, I story. Have to, I have to ask, after you did the dive on the, like, the pea-stained couch or whatever was going on with that couch, did you get a tetanus oh. shot? As soon as you were done, did you get a tetanus uh, shot? Like right after the match, we had the guy right there with the shot. Dude, we sat in the couch just to kind of like talk about stuff, and that couch was not a good smelling couch, brother. It was one of those dirty smells. That couch is probably older than I am in life, bro. <laughs> Stained, just red, probably cats, dogs, and not it, bro. It was the worst smell. Right away, we were like, "Yeah, I'm not going back to the couch." And then, then we do a couch spot, of course. 
Oof, man, that was like your match with Rocky Romero was my favorite match on the card that night. Um, any match that you're on for me is entertaining as shit. So I've got to ask this question because you faced Hammerstone. Uh, you faced Gino Medina, which he's not really a member of Dynasty anymore. I don't know if you've ever had your hands on Richard Holiday, but now that he is technically the official, unofficial Caribbean champion, if an opportunity came up for you to go after that Caribbean title, would you challenge the dynastic one, Richard Holiday, to a match for that title if the opportunity came your way, that you could do that? Yeah, absolutely. I know, I know he's super athlete, great physique. Uh, I know he's good in the ring. Of course, man, I'm up to any challenge that nobody wants to throw at me, bro, especially if it's for a strap, too. And if anything, we can make a story and put AirPods on a pole match. I mean, I got AirPods. He's got AirPods. Let's get it, bro. <laughs> anything that entertains the fans, I'm all about it. Absolutely. Uh, he's been on the show twice, and uh, both times he's insulted uh, my co-host because he's super old, and he's also not a coffee drinker. He's a tea drinker. So we've called him uh, NCD, which is non-coffee drinker. So I guess I have to ask this. Uh, are you a coffee drinker? Uh, occasionally. So I used to be super into it, man. And then uh, I was having negative effects from it. So I've definitely cut back a lot. Uh, but I was a Starbucks guy, if that's what you're getting at. Yeah, I used to do Starbucks almost every day. But I've, I've definitely cut back. Uh, the caffeine just got a little too much to handle Sometimes. sometimes you need it man you wake up and you're three and you have to be in an 11 so you got to get a pick me up of course special days for special occasions, right absolutely absolutely i'm a cold brew guy myself i do love my cold brew uh the pumpkin cold brew gets me all the time i know it's filled with sugar and diabetes will be knocking at the door eventually but you know what right now it's not so i'm gonna live <laughs> in the moment i'm gonna live in the moment so um since Absol this these last couple of weeks where your return to MLW, kind of like you said, Gino Medina was your kind of comeback, your return, and now Filthy Island. What is next for Gringo Loco in the cards in the MLW world? Like I said, there's only so many straps and so many guys you can really go after for these straps. You got Holiday for the Caribbean. You've now got the man of the hour, you know, one of my personal favorites, Leo Rush. He's now unified with the, the AAA cruiserweight and the MLW middleweight. And then you've got Alex Hammerstone is the open weight. And then you got the crown jewel of Contra, Jacob Fatu, who's another guy much like yourself, built like a big boy, but can move. Now that's a match. I mean, it's a dream yeah. match for me, but that's a match that fucking intrigues me, Gringo. Because I think you and Fatu would just tear the fucking house down. I honestly completely agree with you. Um, the idea was passed to me uh, a couple months ago, like who I wanted to face most. And it was definitely on that list. You want to super talent, talent. I think we would tear it up. But I mean, two big guys as agile as we are. I mean, I think we would definitely leave like the entire building and rub dust at the end of that. Um, but I, I just got to ladder, keep mo, keep the confidence at an all time high. And I think that day will come. I mean, there's been times where I've walked into that locker room and been completely shocked with with, with who they were giving me my my debut was against L.A. Park uh, for the company. So uh, never in a million years would I have thought that would have happened, and it was unbelievable. And that, that was the show where, without permission, it was my first day there, it's just a contract, I climbed, climbed up the, uh, the little truss there where, like, a really expensive camera was, and I dove onto uh, L.A. Park. Everybody was telling me to get down. Court was yelling. I didn't know Court at the time. And, I, and then it ended up being used in the opening package for MLW for an entire 
Yeah, man. I mean, that's all the business is all about. You know, you just got to wait for that opportunity. I've ta- I feel like I've taken advantage of every opportunity they've given me up to this point. So if I keep that momentum going, it's only a matter of time. Absolutely. Um, another match that intrigues me, I don't know if it's happened yet, um, but um, I was faithful to MLW. Then I dipped off a little bit. Then I came back and dipped off. But now I'm 100% in and focused on it. Uh, got a podcast after all. And I did come up with the name MLW Rewind because I'm a lot younger and hipper than my, I think he's in his 70s, Rich uh, Lewis. I think so. I'm not sure. Maybe it could be 80s. I'm not 100%. But um, uh, you and Zenshi, has that happened yet has that yeah. been on wax if not when will it happen in an mlw ring it absolutely has happened um his debut match was in chicago against me one-on-one and we did a lot of creative stuff man he has a really unique office uh, we used it to the fullest definitely looked it up it's definitely on a fusion somewhere uh yeah one-on-one the finish was great people popped it was my hometown people were behind me that was a really fun memory from mlw for sure Absolutely. You're, um, I mean, the match with Alex Hammerstone, the crowd was behind you that night fully. And even though Hammerstone went on to win uh, the open weight title, that crowd was in it. Uh, you, like I said, you've, you've done some entertaining shit without crowds, but how excited are you that hopefully we are around the corner from crowds coming back because the crowd is that tag team partner that a lot of wrestlers rely on. It gives you that extra boost when you're you're kind of down and out, and it gives you that little shot of adrenaline that you need, like you said with coffee, kind of that pick me up. So, how excited are you that crowds hopefully will be coming by the summer if everything goes right with these vaccines? Yeah, no, seriously, man, this has been a, a how important the fans are, at least in my personal space, professional wrestling. I realize like they literally are everything. Everything else is secondary, and then the fans are first because I've been. A number of these shows without fans are like, you know, they let in. There was one time we did a show for 25 people in Chicago. That was the only uh, amount of people they could let in. And it was just dreadful, man. Like, and then the people were scared to yell because of COVID. And then so the people are there, but they're not there. And then when there's no fans, it's just the person. It's like you, your opponent, our guy, and then everybody. It's like, this is not, it's, it's, they're so important. They're the most important element to me. Uh, in professional wrestling and this huge wake-up call because uh, I realized that before I was like oh yeah those are cool cool but I because no 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 it's all for them it all has been for them and I think that's why they're behind me because I think they realize that about me they can tell that I 110 percent every match and uh 110 percent I don't know but I I do feel a a, a need for fans to come back as soon as can because they're everything hundred percent, but I enjoy watching you from the safety of my own home right now during this pandemic for sure. So, um, you know, court Bauer, as I did mention off air, he watches us. He knows we're here. He's kind of endorsed us as the MLW podcast for fans by fans. So it's kind of an open platform here, gringo. I mean, I've kind of shouted out some ideas. You've shouted out some ideas, but I want to pitch one now that I think would be amazing. I think you and Zenshi both need gold. And I think the one way both of you can get gold rather quickly is a tag team match with Los Parks. So Court Bauer, if you're watching, give the aerial artist and the local one a shot at those MLW tag straps because that's a match that just makes money. What do you think about that? Oh, I mean, any opportunity to get back in there with uh, L.A. Park and, and, and company, man, I will take it. 
at the drop of a dime, man. He's one of those guys. He's been around forever, man. WCW, you know what I mean? It's just, he's just been everywhere. He knows so much about the wrestling world uh, anytime. And I think the element of mixing me with Zenshi, I really like that idea a lot. I mean, uh, we both fly. He unique offense. I have a unique offense. I think it would it, it would gel real well, and we could give a definite push for the tag titles of MLW. Absolutely, I love the idea. Well, you know, I'm also looking for a job as a booker. So, Cord, if you're hiring, <laughs> um, <laughs> I gotta I gotta ask this because um, there's another guy in there that I don't know if you've had a chance to mix it up with yet, and he's on the outs with his tag partner. So right now he's kind of running singles, and that's one of my my guy, my cruiserweight guy next to Leo Rush, which is TJP. I think you and TJP could put on a barn burner of a match as well. I don't know. Again, I don't know if that's ever happened, but if it happened, the platform is available for it. I think there's so many elements where you could fit in and fit in. Well, another match I'd love to see you in is uh, I love Tom Lawler, but I love to hate him even more. I'd love to see you smack the taste out of Tom Lawler's fucking mouth. <laughs> uh, yeah. TJP has not happened, but I'm very, very familiar with his work. I think that would be, an awesome match if I ever had the opportunity. He has a lot of uh, training background with the same guys that I have trained with. I've mean, worked with Scotty a lot. His style kind of shows that. Uh, Tom Lawler, though, whew, you want to get me in there with a shooter. I mean, I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm for whatever, but uh, that would be a clash of styles for sure, man. You got the Lucha big guy who won, and then a guy that wants to knock my teeth out. Uh, it would take as well. I mean, I love him, but yeah, I mean, if he wants to in there and rumble why not you mean that's what i love about you gringo because you just you're up to any kind of challenge and i gotta ask one two more questions and then we'll wrap it up uh you said you didn't know court when you had your debut obviously you've had conversations and dealing with court um i call him the mad genius because he's worked so many angles and the storylines that he brings to the table i don't even see them coming and i'm really good at kind of reading the way a storyline is going to go but there's a lot of storylines i'm left hanging so is my interpretation or my nickname for Court Bauer correct? The Mad Genius. Would you agree with that? And to kind of keep things in the MLW universe, who is behind Aztec Underground? Who do you think the owner of Aztec Underground is? Two-part question. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, yeah, Court is obviously a genius, man. And he's for a long time, I think, always bringing you as a good, but I know the final day is through Court. And you could tell by the work that he's putting out, man. People are loving the fusion. People are loving the, uh, the you know, the special uh, titles that they give. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if it's pay-per-view, but, you know, there's special shows that they put on. And uh, how could you not think of him as a genius? I mean, look how long he's – longevity speaks for itself. You know what I mean? And um, second question was uh, – what was the second question? I'm sorry. I forgot. So there's promotions. Short memory, bro. No problem. No problem. Promotions to Rob. Oh, who's behind? Yeah. Yeah. Who's behind um, it? I think we're going to have to wait and see. I can't give up that secret. <laughs> but it'll I, be I interesting. Threw out a name. I, I threw out a name. Let me know. Yeah. Let me know what you're thinking. Because Aztec Underground, there was also a program called Lucha Underground, Promotions Dorado, Spanish Ties. I'm thinking Vampiro. Am I, am I, in, am I kind of, no, maybe? Ooh, that's a very, very interesting answer. Could be, man. Could be. That's a very good way that you're thinking. Absolutely. That, that could definitely go that way. All right. All right. I'm glad to think that Gringo Loco, the crazy white boy thinks <laughs> I'm okay. I'll, I'll take it. I'll take it. 
Well, Gringo, this has been amazing. Yeah, no, you're more than okay. <laughs> oh, much love, brother. Much love. This has been amazing. And I want to officially let you know, yeah. you are now a member of the Rewind family. Anytime you want to come back, we'd be honored to have you. And you can meet my uh, my old guy if he's not out buying Depends. Lewis, my, my co-host. <laughs> right on, man. I appreciate that, brother. Thanks for having me on, man. It was fun. No problem. And uh, before I go, shout out your socials real quick so the uh, wonderful world of social media can find you. Right on Twitter, it's uh, Ringo Loco OG, and the Instagram is I underscore and base guy. Cool stuff and just stunts that I do. So, yeah, man, uh, you know, follow the base guy. I believe in the base guy. <laughs> Absolutely. I follow you on both platforms, and I know you follow me back as well. So, much love for that. As, as always, guys, this is it for MLW Rewind. This episode drops this upcoming Sunday. There is no rewind this week because they did an old school episode, so we're going to take a break. But I had a great conversation with Gringo Loco. We had a little bit of distortion because of the snow there and the snow here. Fucking snow, fucking technology. What are you going to do? But Gringo, thank you so much for being on MLW Rewind. And like I said, when the skies are clear, please come back. Of course, man. Anytime, bro. Thank you. All right. Take care.